Morning prayer begins on page 3. O send out thy light and thy truth, that they may lead me, and bring me unto thy holy hill, and to thy dwelling. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Together the Benite on page 9, beginning with the proper preface at the bottom of it, page 8. The Lord is glorious in his saints. O come, let us adore him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth, and with righteousness to judge the world, and the peoples with his truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 18, beginning with verse 21. The Lord rewarded me after my righteous dealing, According to the cleanness of my hands did he recompense me. Because I have kept the ways of the Lord, and have not forsaken my God, as the wicked doth. For I have an eye unto all his laws, and will not cast out of his commandments from me. I was also uncorrupt before him, and eschewed mine own wickedness. Therefore the Lord rewarded me after my righteous dealing, and according unto the cleanness of my hands in his eyesight. With the holy thou shalt be holy, and with a perfect man thou shalt be perfect. With the clean thou shalt be clean, and with the forward shalt thou be forward. For thou shalt save the people that are in adversity, and shalt bring down the high looks of the proud. Thou also shalt light my candle, the Lord my God shall make my darkness to be light. For in thee I shall discomfit an host of men, and with the help of my God I shall leap over the wall. The way of God is an undefiled way. The word of the Lord is, all, is tried in the fire. He is the defender of all them that put their trust in him. For who is God but the Lord? Or who hath any strength except our God? It is God that girdeth me with the strength of war, and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like heart's feet, and settleth me up on high. He teacheth mine hands to fight, and my arms shall bend even a bow of steel. Thou hast given me the defense of thy salvation. Thy right hand also shall hold me up, and thy loving correction shall make me great. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 15th chapter of the second book of Kings.
In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, the son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done, except that the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. Then the Lord struck the king, so that he was a leper until the day of his death, though he dwelt in an isolated house. And Jotham the king's son was over the royal house, judging the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Azariah and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Azariah rested with his fathers, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David. Then Jotham his son reigned in his place. In the thirty-eighth year of Azariah king of Judah, Zechariah the son of Jeroboam reigned over Israel in Samaria six months, and he did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, who had made Israel sin. Then Shalom, the son of Jabesh, conspired against him and struck and killed him in front of the people, and he reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Zechariah, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. This was the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Jehu, saying, Your sons shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. And so it was. Shalom, the son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of Uzziah, king of Judah, and he reigned a full month in Samaria. For Menahem, the son of Gadi, went up from Tirzah, came to Samaria, and struck Shalom, the son of Jabesh, in Samaria, and killed him, and he reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Shalom and the conspiracy which he led, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. Then from Tirzah, Menahem attacked Tiphshah, all who were there and its territory, because they did not surrender, therefore he attacked it. All the women there who were with child he ripped open. In the thirty-ninth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Menahem, the son of Gadi, became king over Israel and reigned ten years in Samaria. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel sin. Pul, king of Assyria, came against the land, and Menahem gave Pul a thousand talents of silver, that his hand might be with him to strengthen the kingdom under his control. And Menahem exacted the money from Israel, from all the very wealthy, from each man fifty shekels of silver to give to the king of Assyria. So the king of Assyria turned back and did not stay there in the land. Now the rest of the acts of Menahem and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Menahem rested with his fathers, then Pekahiah his son reigned in his place. In the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekahiah, the son of Menahem, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned two years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel sin. Then Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, an officer of his, conspired against him and killed him in Samaria, in the citadel of the king's house, along with Argob and Ariah. And with him 
were fifty men of Gilead. He killed him and reigned in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Pekahiah and all that he did, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. In the fifty-second year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, became king over Israel in Samaria and reigned twenty years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel sin. In the days of Pekah, king of Israel, tiglath Pelesir, king of Assyria, came and took Ijon, Abel-Beth, Makkah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, all the land of Naphtali, and he carried them captive to Assyria. Then Hoshea, the son of Elah, led a conspiracy against Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, and struck and killed him. So he reigned in his place in the twentieth year of Jotham, the son of Uzziah. Now the rest of the acts of Pekah and all that he did, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Israel. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, began to reign. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. However, the high places were not removed. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. Now the rest of the acts of Jotham and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? In those days the Lord began to send Rezin, king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, against Judah. So Jotham rested with his fathers, and was buried with his fathers in the city of David his father. Then Ahaz his son reigned in his place. Here ends the first lesson. Together, Te Demon Ladamus on page, page 10. We praise thee, O God, we acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee all angels cry aloud, the heavens and all the powers therein. To thee cherubim and seraphim continually do cry, Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth. Heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The father of an infinite majesty, thine adorable true and only son, also the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father. When thou tookest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin. When thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou sittest at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge, we therefore pray thee, help thy servants whom thou hast redeemed with thy precious blood. Make them to be numbered with thy saints in glory everlasting. O Lord, save thy people and bless thine heritage. Govern them and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Thou safe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. 
O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Here begins the epistle to Titus. Paul, a bondservant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, in hope of eternal life which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began, but has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, a true son in our common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should see, set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination. For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not, for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Here ends the second lesson. Together, Jubilate Deo on page 15. O be joyful in the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence with a song. Be ye sure that the Lord he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. O go your way into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and speak good of his name. For the Lord is gracious, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth from generation to generation. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Lord, we beseech thee to keep thy household, the church, in continual godliness, that through thy protection it may be free from all adversities, and devoutly given to serve thee in good works, to the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Almighty God, who hast knit together thine elect in one communion and fellowship in the mystical body of thy Son, Christ our Lord, grant us grace so to follow thy blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that we may come to those unspeakable joys which thou hast prepared for those who unfeignedly love thee, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Um, I think you're probably aware of the fact that Bishop's out of town today, so you get Deacon Bob, and hopefully that'll be good enough this morning. Um, this Second Kings chapter was really long and, and kind of uh, maybe a little depressing, and I thought it would be important just as we go into Second Kings, just to remember the descent of this northern kingdom. And it's interesting to remember, to remember that um, God took the northern kingdom from Solomon's son. Uh, he was uh, disappointed in Solomon because Solomon started following the religions and had forgotten God. And he said, I'm not taking it from you because um, you, of David, my promise to David, but I'm going to split the kingdom and I'm going to take it from your son. And in the northern kingdom, they established Baal worship to keep people from returning to Judah. They went into the high places, and that's what we keep seeing is they didn't get rid of the high places. And you might remember the first king, I believe it was Rehoboam, said that I'm not going to um, let these people go to J Judah in case they return to Judah and, and my kingdom's gone. And um, so that was the sin that they do. So always read that he did right in the... Um, he did right in the eyes of the Lord, except he didn't remove the high places, or he did wrong in the in the eyes of the Lord, except for the high places. So um, the prophet Hosea prophesies the captivity of northern Israel in uh, chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. And he described the situation in northern Israel in, uh, in Hosea 7 and verse 7. All their kings have fallen. So this was an appropriate description of the instability that we just read in this chapter, um, the, the declining northern kingdom. Within 20 years, four of Israel's kings have been assassinated. Um, Zechariah in 753, Shalom within seven months, Pekaniah in 740, and Pekah in 732. So Israel's in its final, uh, the northern kingdom, Israel's in its final years as a kingdom. And so I want to make a couple points. Um, first, uh, in verse 5, we see Azariah, 
And uh, in Isaiah, it, uh, it starts in the year that King Uzziah died. And Azariah and Uzziah are the same person. And what happened was Uzziah, or Azariah here, it says he followed, um, you know, he did right in the eyes of the Lord. But then right away, he struck with leprosy. But he did have a thing like Saul where he uh, didn't wait for the priests and he did he burned incense, which is a priestly job, not for him. And so it was harsh, but he was struck with leprosy. And so that was his fate from, from being uh, not following God totally, even though he did uh, do right in the eyes of the Lord. Um, the rest of the Acts of Zechariah, indeed, they are written in the book of the Chronicles of King of Israel in 1511 and 12. Uh, this was the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Jehu, saying, Your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. So I want to bring that back because uh, way back, um, God said to Jehu, who who uh, took over but and killed Jezebel, but he said, Your sons will only be there the fourth generation because Jehu didn't follow the Lord either. And um, so he did he did that right, but he didn't follow God. And so that was why there was only uh, the fourth generation. The point is, God hadn't forgotten what he said, even though we might forget what's going on, but he does not forget. And he always leaves a remnant. Uh, Noah and his family were remnants, um, saved out of the millions. Lot and his two daughters were remnants of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, when Elijah despaired and thought he was the only one left, God had assured him that he reserved a remnant of 7,000 people whose nail, knees had not bowed down to Baal. So that's our job is to uh, to remember our place is the remnant. And so what we see in Titus is a letter from Paul to his uh, beloved son in, in the faith, Titus. Remember he had Timothy and I believe Timothy and Titus were the two bishops that would take over after Paul. But he's telling Titus, you know, this is what we need to do. This is what you need to teach the people. And I think it's important to remember because in Titus he talks about, you know, don't listen to the, the Jewish uh, myths that, that go on. So it's important to remember that everywhere that the apostles and the uh, disciples and the believers went, there were people coming and they were always uh, opposition to them. People trying to, to break down their faith, to, uh, to lead them down the wrong path. And um, so this is Paul's advice to Titus. And actually, even though it's Paul's advice to Titus, it's obviously got a lot of good advice for us, um, you know, how we live as Christians, the things to avoid. And again, the purpose is to um, instruct him in appointing the leaders and, um, and how to fight these false teachers. And this is probably the theme of most of the epistles, because most of the epistles were written the the apostles would come, and then when, when they weren't in the area anymore, they would have to write a letter because someone would follow up and try to ruin and, and, and destroy the church from within with uh, bad theology. So he's telling people that uh, one of the other things, important part of Titus, Paul tells them that the church needs role models, so that's important. I always like what Father Kevin had told me when he first came. He, he talked about an evangelical presence. So you may not think you're a role model, role model, but just your being at church on Sunday is, is speaks, it's evangelism uh, to see you there and people see you and they know, oh, there's somebody that comes to church and they're pretty regular and, and that I need to be more like that. So everything we do, we're being watched as Christians, just a kind of a little poke at you and, and uh, reminder that, that you are being watched, not just by your children, but by people around you. So, um, the, the main themes that we'll see in the three chapters of Titus are uh, the, the soundness in our faiths and the doctrines of salvation and that the false teachers will come. And they're the same ones that Timothy had to deal with in Ephesus. And interesting enough, even after the apostolic period, 
there were many, many heresies. Father John's been writing uh, blogs about some of the, the main heresies we have, and that's why we have our, um, our creeds. And, um, you know, the fight it just continues for us all the time until our telos when the kingdom is established and, and we participate in the wedding feast of the Lamb, which we all look forward to. Let's continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit and in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thy unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, um, Jack and Keith, for co-leading with me, and it's really good to be with all of you this morning. Thanks, Deacon Bob. Thank you, Deacon Bob. Bye, kiddo. I love you, bro. Thank you. <laughs>